hesitation Got me going crazy Keep it moving, I'm tuned in to True North Racing The podcast that you need if you got the need for speed John Morrison interviewing guests in the industry Short track, stop car racing Gotta get it hyped, Saturday night under the lights Hear the engine booming by Smell the gas and feel the vibe Going into overdrive Drop the flag, then the car zooming by Hey, True North Racing, let's go Oh man, what's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jomo Media Promotions. I'm your host, John Morrison. Hopefully y'all had a great weekend. Man, I had a I had a great week last week, man. It was uh, a lot of great things have been uh, going on. Uh, on the weekend, uh, Jacqueline and myself, we took the uh, boys down to their first Jays game since 2019. Oh man, uh, what can I say? It's so good to be able to go back to a sporting venue like the Skydome and uh go watch a Jays game man I'm I'm so happy that Blue Jay baseball is back and that means we are just around the corner from going racing here in Canada um as some of you may know uh, a passion of mine is baseball uh, I played baseball for the Forest Glen Giants in Mississauga till I was about uh 13 until unfortunately an arm injury uh took me out and uh pretty much ended my career for playing baseball and that was a huge passion of mine growing up I always wanted to be end up uh like Roy Holiday uh from the from the Toronto Blue Jays um but man it was so all the environment the atmosphere the lighting they've made some serious upgrades to the Sky Dome and I and I'm so happy that they have um if you guys make make sure you guys go check out a game if you guys like baseball make sure you guys guys head out and uh go check out a game from the Toronto Blue Jays um, so we got a great interview guy for you guys going, coming on, uh, in just a little bit here, Mr. Uh, Dale Millard, uh, joined us this week and, uh, he was, a uh, man, we, he was a great guest. Lots of, uh, we talked about a lot. We talked about a few things. I feel like, uh, maybe a little controversial, uh, for this, but, uh, we'll see what, what comes of it, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, he's, he's a great guy. I've known him for, uh, almost a year now. Um, through uh through our hosts from the driver's seat Keelan and uh uh Keelan and Megan and uh j- and you know with uh Keelan and, and Dale getting together it was uh we we kind of been talking about it for the past little bit to so bring them on and uh we were able to do this this time around so we um we got them on and lots of great stories and lots of cool things to talk about we're going we we talked about uh Oh, what was it? His has half a season dirt racing at Oshwigan. Uh, how he got into a mini stock at Flanagan Speedway. His plans for 2022 and uh, so much more. So uh, we're gonna get into our Joe and Media driver lineup and uh, CVM and Sobel Speedway stuff. So let's start off with Joe and Media. Over the weekend, we just signed on another two drivers to Joe and Media and Promotions. Uh, promo team and that is i really hope I'm, i say this correctly sarah G- gioni and uh nick tooley uh nick runs a super stock at sunset speedway and sarah is a, a rookie in the mini stock division this year up at sunset speedway as well so it's gonna be really cool thank you guys for joining the team that brings us up to 28 cars that joe and media promotions will be on this year uh, make sure you guys are tuning into our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to, uh, see all our write-ups. Our write-ups are going on right now. Uh, currently, uh, we have, I think five or six up, I believe. 
so, which is awesome. I'm uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you guys uh, for anyone who everyone who supports Joe Media Promotions. And uh, so if you guys want it, just a heads up, if you guys want, there are two spots left for Joe Media Promotions to, to wrap up the year. So uh, if you guys want to be a part of the team, hit us up, DM us, and uh, let's talk about it. On the Canadian Modified side, we had our general meeting on Sunday. And, man, the, the we're all getting excited for the race season. We all just want to go racing. It was great seeing everyone again. We had about... Uh, 15, 16 different teams uh, come on out. Um, hopefully, we get more cars than that on opening night and on April 30th. So if you have yourself a Young Drivers Canadian Modified, come on out April 30th and come race with the club. It's going to be a great season with us. we got 14 races. We're, uh, we're excited to get back. Um, if you guys need more information, hit us up on our Facebook page, Instagram, or Twitter pages. Canadian Vision Modified is where you guys can find us. Uh, we are also on YouTube, uh, Canadian Vision Modified CVM. Search something, you guys can check out all our in-car videos as well as our weekly vlogs, which will be starting up on April 30th. Once again, I'm so I'm excited to get back to doing that. Um, my GoPros are already getting charged. We are getting set for a great year. I'm I'm hopefully going to be able to get a couple more GoPros or uh, action video cameras, so that way we can add more shots to uh, to our to our to our repertoire um and uh yeah so april 30th if you guys aren't busy come on out to flamebro speedway and come check out a great race and lastly sobble speedway uh how much i can really tell you guys about up there but yeah so i think we're just gonna jump right in here so why don't we just uh bring dale on in here All right, guys, this week on the True North Racing Podcast, we are bringing in Dale Millar. Dale, how's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Uh, pretty good. How's your off-season been going? Uh, busy. Really busy, I guess. Um, you know, putting Caitlin's both cars together. Um, started with the hot rod just to see if she can get some practice in it. And then uh, just getting on her mini stock now, which is... Uh, cutting it a little bit close to race season but it's almost done so we sh we still got plenty of time we just need to put a setup in it and and do that but it's it's been pretty busy nice that's good so obviously we're you know we we talked about it a little bit last year on the driver's seat where kaylin uh kaylin and her family got a uh hot rod last mm -hmm. year and they've been kind of tinkering away at it putting it together so now it's all fired up ready to go or yes sir yep race ready Nice. So um, is she going to be making a couple laps this year or just practice yeah, days or? Yeah, I'd probably mostly just practice really. Um, hopefully maybe throw her in with the super stocks a few times because you can do that. You just have to change the tires. Yeah. Do the, the eight inch rims with the super stock tires instead of the 10 inch wide slicks. Um, so hopefully get her out in that. Um, but obviously the focus is on the mini stock and running points at Flambro for her. Nice. How's, uh, how's, so obviously, you know, we just quickly asked about your off season. Uh, so last season, right at the end of there, you ended up uh, selling your car. Yeah. yeah what was the, what was the decision behind that? Uh, it's not the end of an era, but I guess it's just a, a break. It was a lot like the, I guess rebuilding that car through COVID and then uh, having like the first real 
season with that car redone was 2020, which was just like, uh, whatever, a handful of races, which I only did two or three. I actually, I only did two. I, uh, I left early one race. It's just, I don't know. It was a lot. And this year I kind of wanted to focus on Caitlin's racing because I don't know. I seem, she seems frustrated a little bit with her stuff. So I don't know. I kind of just want to take a break. Not to say that I'm done racing because I'll definitely be back in a car eventually. It just, I don't know. I needed a break. It's been a lot. I spent a lot of years helping um, my buddy, Mike Thorne, racing at Oshwigan. And, you know, it's it's a big commitment to obviously race a full season um, is what I didn't do last year because obviously I missed a few races. But um, I don't know. It's, it's It takes a lot out of you. And then, like, you know, I want to help Caitlin a lot. So it's hard to do that. And it was a little bit tricky um, last year. I guess when we started uh, dating, um, racing and trying to help her and, you know, do, do everything. Two cars is, is a lot harder to prep in one week than one car. So I'm taking a break. Uh, I also want to buy a house. So, I mean, that's kind of where the money is sitting right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't know. You might see me in a race car this year. You might not, I'm not sure. Um, I got a couple I guess things not lined up, but options to uh, maybe run a pure stock for a couple of races. Um, but uh, I'm not sure what I want to do. I definitely just want to focus on Caitlin's racing this year and, uh, and get in the mini stock. Uh, I don't know, up to snuff. You know, and, they, and that's perfect, right? Nothing wrong with taking a little bit of a break to, uh, to help out and and you know like you said it's not the end of an era but it's, it's closing a one chapter and you're starting another one right now and like you said it's your the door's still open to go back to racing and hop in a car so you know hopefully uh we'll see you in a car this summer right absolutely my suit's always clean <laughs> <laughs> so uh now we're gonna take it way back here when when did you first start getting into racing so it started obviously with my my dad raced pro fours Okay. That started with my neighbor back when I was like in diapers, like I was not even one years old. My neighbor had a, a pro four modified and this was back in the day when they were full body cars okay. and there was a lot of them. Like there was 30 cars showing up to the track every night. So, uh, he went with my neighbor once, um, and obviously got hooked right away. He, my family has a background of cars. My grandfather is a mechanic, owned his own shop for years. Uh, my dad's a truck driver. My uncle works in the trucking industry. So like, it's all vehicle related stuff. So, uh, he came home and he basically told my mom he's buying a race car. So I spent a lot of my youth, uh, in the shop with my dad. Um, and then right as I was pretty much old enough to, to kind of get behind the wheel of that car, he sold it. Um, usually the way it goes. Yeah. So I, uh, I had only had the pleasure of driving that around our parking lot. So, um, then I, you know, was hanging out with some guys, uh, mainly my neighbor, his name is Brendan and he raced go-karts at Cameron Motorsports in, uh, in Hamilton. So, um, I, you know, hung out with him, went to the track with him a bunch, watched him race, started helping him, started helping a couple other guys, and then eventually started working for the race team there. Um, that's run by Trevor Wickens, which is, uh, Robert Wickens brother. Okay. 
Um, so Trevor owns Prime Power Sports, which is a team. They travel all across North America. Even They've even been over into Europe and stuff like that to race go-karts. So I, I kind of traveled with them for, I don't know, many years when I was younger, from 15 to 20 years old. I would go all over North America. We went to Florida four or five times a year. So, oh, wow. I mean, racing's always really been in my blood, um, but I didn't really get my first chance to drive a race car until I started driving the Burger Barn mini stock at a Schwiegen. <clears throat> that was my first kind of real race car experience, which was, uh, which was really cool, but also short lived. Um, How so, was short lived? Um, there, there was an incident. Um, with a fellow driver one night that led to an altercation uh, on, I would say on the track after the checkered flag, which wasn't really to do with me, but somebody's uh, car was on top of the back of my car. Oh. And uh, so it, it spilled over into the pits for some stuff. And then um, it was kind of just like a decision made by the, the team owner, Jason Hill, he just kind of said, look, we can't have that stuff happen. And it was really, I mean, it was a fault of mine, but it was also not a fault of mine. I mean, it's just stuff that happens at the racetrack, heated stuff. So um, I only ran, I think, half the season. And then uh, Mark Bazine finished the season out in that car. Okay. So then uh, from there, I wanted to buy another dirt car. So I was looking for a 240 because that's what that car was, was a Nissan 240. And I was so familiar with them and I knew all the, the suspension geometry playing around with it and stuff like that. So I bought, um, I bought the 240 that I just had okay. from Matt Young, who bought it from a guy who won it in a raffle from Blair Wicket, who's a, yeah, it's, 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 it's a crazy story. Um, and then I was good around that on the dirt. And then I realized, well, this motor is not legal for the dirt. And then I thought to myself, well, nobody's really going to know unless they pull it apart. And then I was like, well, I already got all these pavement tires and all this stuff. So then I put it back together um, and just ran my first year at Flamborough, which was 2019. And the first few race nights I there was a demon inside that car and I could not figure it out and it ended up being some some pieces of plastic in the fuel pump and uh it was so frustrating it was uh, the worst I don't know I'm gonna say four weeks of my life trying to figure that out oh, man. Um, and once I had it figured out the next week I went to the racetrack I piled it into the wall like just destroyed the car the front clip was destroyed and it was like uh, three weeks before the Jucasa race, the big Jucasa race. And that yep. was all I was looking forward to. And it was like the biggest heartbreak. So I talked to Mike Westwood and I said, look, can you get this done for Jucasa? He said, I'm really busy and I'll try. And he didn't end up getting it done. No, no fault of his own. He did tell me like, there's not a very good chance that I'm going to have your car ready. So I didn't race that race and I was most upset. So basically he put a new front clip on it and then I put the motor, I slapped the motor in and then ran a few races, um, throughout the rest of the season, what, whatever I could. And then, uh, at the end of that year, I just, I cut that card. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing left of it. There was basically a roll cage and I, Oh wow. You know, so I, it was at my buddy, Jimmy Lohenberg shop, who is probably one of the best 
fabricators in, I, I would say, probably North America. And I say that only because anybody can weld um, late models together on a jig, but this guy can fabricate anything out of anything. He's really, really smart, and he knows a lot of things about race cars. So I rebuilt that car and then came back in 2020, obviously, and it was a you know short-lived season. So, um, And then last year, obviously, was my first real full season in that car, and it was really successful. I think I finished in the top five out of the 15 races I ran, I think 12 top fives. And I think I didn't finish outside of the top 10. I mean, that's not saying much because there's rarely over 10 cars at Flamborough, but um, it was pretty successful. A few nights I was running um, same lap times as Sean Taylor and Dylan Sharp, which was pretty cool. So it was a lot of fun, but I mean, it was frustrating at the end of the year because even last year I had a few problems with the motor and doing this and doing that. So it just got, it got a lot. It, it took a lot out of me. Financially, it was killing me because like, I, I don't have a lot of sponsors. I have a few of my friends that helped me out with the money. Yeah. Um, but everything was out of my pocket, including towing my car to the track, all my fuel, my tires, oils, like um, people don't understand that like mini stocks these days, especially the rules package on the pavement is not like it used to be like, uh, you got to be changing the oil in your motor every three or four races because these are race motors. They're not junkyard, you know, motors. Yeah. Uh, and the tires that we're running are, uh, you know, $160 a piece and you're burning right sides in two nights. So like, it's just, it was, it was a lot. So I just needed a break. I mean, that makes sense. And, you know, that's the, it, it goes back to the old kind of adage a little bit here where, you know, back in the day we had, it was late models, uh, thunder cars, and mini stocks. But the mini yeah. stocks 10, 15 years ago were pure stocks, pretty much. Yeah, not the, exactly. Not the full-blown race cars we have today. No. So no, yeah, that's exactly. that's the big thing, right, is now we have that what was supposed to be an introductory class is now a quote-unquote yeah. pro class because yeah. and these cars aren't going for cheap anymore. They're going for $10,000 where – 10 years ago, you'd sell it off for the price of what it would go for. Yeah. Right. Like my dad bought uh, a Ford Mustang mini stock. Just, he just bought it for the motor. Cause that's what they ran in the, the pro force was the two point yeah. Fords. He bought a Mustang mini stock. I think it was in 1999 or 2000 for 500 bucks. Yeah. Um, and like these guys were literally, taking a, a Fox body Mustang, kicking the windows out of it, taking all the interior trim out of it and putting a, a roll bar in it and going racing. And now like you're looking at, uh, if you want to build a, a brand new mini stock and be competitive, you're looking at 30 to $40,000. No problem. It's, like, it's uh, crazy it, the way the, the, the market has gone for them. Yeah. It's, it's insane. And it's not, uh, it's more to do with, uh, I think the tracks than anything is just, just all the drivers are pushing for, you know, more and more and more and the tracks keep allowing it more and more and more. And you'll see eventually the pier stocks end up where the mini stocks are now. Yep. Um, because like I was talking to Kelly Hallett at the end of last year and I said, look, that, that this is what's going to happen with the pier stocks is exactly what's happened with the mini stocks is these guys want a, uh, uh, a racing rim on the right front and it starts there and it doesn't end 
anywhere. Exactly. Well, they're basically what we're running in the mini stock class because uh, everybody has an opinion um, and all these guys want is more and more and more without, uh, without realizing the repercussions. Eventually the class is going to be too expensive for people to, to run. And, and that's exactly the point of the pure stocks is to, to keep low budget racing around yep. because that's what you need. Um, you, you know, not everybody has uh, a big stack of cash sitting around where they can go out and buy a prolate model or, you know, starting a super stock. Some people have to start in a pure stock and show their talent and then get some people to fund them. Yeah. So um, like, like I was saying to Kelly, like you'll see the pure stocks do the exact same thing as the mini stocks have. And uh, it's, it's really inevitable because, you know, the drivers will never stop pushing until they get what they want. So, and that's, and that's unfortunate, right? It's, you know, we, I'm trying to think how to word it here. We don't want to go backwards because that's exactly what we saw the mini stocks happen. The mini stocks yep. were, I remember, I don't know who was announcing back in uh, probably about 2007, 2008 ish. I don't know who was, who was announcing, but the one key thing I heard each time I went was these mini stocks are cars. You can pull right off the road, mm-hmm. slap a roll cage in and go racing with minimal additions yep since then so 10 years uh, over 10 years now for 13 14 years now 15 year almost 15 years later we're now saying the same thing about mini stock or pure stocks 10 years down the road those pure stocks we're gonna we're gonna have to combine the pure stocks and mini stocks at one point here yeah there'll be an outlaw class i think I don't, which is kind of what um what um what's his name's doing at at Sobel. Oh yeah, with the combined uh, force in the, yeah. in the United States, which I think, in theory, is a decent idea. But I also think, in theory, it's not a good idea because you're you're dividing you're dividing now. Instead of you're sticking to a certain class, you're sticking to a mini stock or you're sticking to a pure stock. Now, now you're you're changing the rules package of your car specifically to go race uh, uh, you know a one-off event which is cool in a sense, but it's also a bit of a pain in, in the ass, really. So um, the one cool thing I do like about that Sobel is doing, and this isn't me putting pushing Sobel here, as, some, as a lot of people know now, I'm, I'm the media guy about Sobel. But the one thing I always found interesting was the fact there is no tech. You just can't break out of the 17, 17 3, I believe it is, or the... Yeah. Whatever, I think whatever, they're I changing know, it this year to seventeen five. Yeah, uh, I think I think they it was seventeen one last year. Now I think it went to seventeen three this year. I think, but oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. You, so, you're right. Yeah, for me, in really, really, real in reality, you can go take your your mini stock, go take Caitlin's mini stock up there, run a night, and you're going to be competitive because you just can't out you just can't break out of that seventeen three bracket. And that's all about car control at that point. That's not about, like, I heard last year, there was a guy who had a turbo in his car because there's yeah. no tech. You can put yeah. in whatever you want, right? No, I, I agree in, in that aspect, but I disagree with uh, joining some pure stocks and with some mini stocks because it, it, I mean, 
Hey. If you watched, I, I I don't know if you were at the race. I didn't. I was not at the race, but I was watching watching a couple of live stream videos, and yep. and you can see like the the difference in classes, right? You could see where the mini stocks are running versus versus where the pure stocks are running. Yeah, and you get into that um, the situations where you are lapping these pure stock drivers who are not to say less talented, but definitely less experienced, and have. Uh, poor handling cars versus the mini stocks and what what you're going to get eventually is is you know a, a few wrecks where people get quite upset yeah um in terms of some guy's two thousand dollar pure stock just destroyed some guy's twenty thousand dollar mini stock um hey you're not wrong there actually it's, it's inevitable to happen and yeah. it i mean you you see that at flamborough racing mini stocks the mini stocks are taking each other out too but I just, I don't know. I, I like the idea and I don't like the idea. I'm, I'm yeah. really kind of on the it's, fence. You know what? I'm That's going what up to Salvo to this summer. I I'm going to extend an invite out to you I'm going up for the Wednesday, July race. You should come up with me. We're going camping for the week. So well, um, the invite is there. But uh, Caitlin's race schedule is like, because as you know, Flambro is a packed year for the mini stocks um one night off which is crazy ridiculous. it's just and this is kind of like where i'm a little bit grateful that i sold my car at the end of last year is because i looked at the schedule this year and i i was counting the races and then i just was driving to work uh the other day and i was just doing the math in my head about how many sets of tires and and like uh we run av gas and gas being so expensive right now is like ridiculous oh, it's 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 a lot and i was just doing the you know, oil changes. And, and that's just if you go there and you race and you finish no accidents, no mechanicals, no motor failures, no nothing like that. And I was, I was up there in like the almost $10,000 mark with tires, fuel and oil. Yeah. And was, oh, I'm so glad I sold my car because like, Oh, it's a lot. I mean, I could have gathered up, you know, a, a few thousand dollars in sponsors from some of my friends and my boss always, uh, always pitches me some money. So it's uh, cool to have people like that, but uh, I'm definitely kind of looking forward to not being so pressured to be out every weekend. And yeah, uh, I mean, obviously I'm still going to be there every weekend with Caitlin and, you know, pressure's off as a driver, not as a, not as a boyfriend and crew member. It it does. It sounds funny, but it does lift a giant weight off your shoulder uh, having that car. I mean, I'll tell you, it was probably the hardest thing I ever did was watch that car load up on a trailer and pull out of my shop. I was, I was almost in tears because I, if I showed you pictures of that car, when I bought it versus what it was, when I sold it, you would not even believe what, uh, what that car was and what it is. And, uh, like that thing is a fully built race car. Um, it was built on a chassis plate and, it's a full tube car. Like there's, there's no stock metal left in that other than the firewall on the floor, which is really all the rules call for. Um, and just, it was hard. It was definitely tough to watch it go, but, uh, I look back at it now and I, I don't really have any regrets. Uh, it's going back to Flamborough. I don't know if he's going to race it full time this year. I was just talking to, um, the kid's dad, who is a, a former super stock racer. And, uh, he said, the um, it's Cole Eckert. Okay. Uh, he raced pure stocks. His dad's name is Steve Eckert. He raced super stocks back in the day. 
um, <clears throat> uh, Cole's going to school to be a linesman um, for Hydro. And uh, he's got a pretty busy summer, so they're not sure if they're going to commit the whole year um, or if they're just going to try to get some practice in this year and then, um, you know, commit to next year. But yeah. uh, I'm excited to see that car back on the track with somebody else driving it because I, I've never seen anybody else race it. I've only I've only been in the car, so. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it was. Whenever, whenever you see that car, it's going to bring back some memories, guaranteed. Absolutely. And you know, as long as they're good memories, that's all that matters, right? Well, some of them good, some of them not so good. <laughs> so actually, we're going to bring that back here. So that was it the first, you said the first weekend after the, you replaced the clip is when you smacked the wall or no, it was yeah. after. No, I fixed a fuel pump problem. Right. Like, so and what, I couldn't, what was, happened for that wreck? So <clears throat> it was, um, it would not run. It would run for two or three laps and then it would just start spitting and it would be like half throttle and it was just so frustrating. And then um, it took one of my dad's friends, actually a, for, a former racer. I shouldn't say former racer, current racer, uh, Trevor DeBoer, who races okay. Thunderstocks at Ashwigan. His brother races mini stocks at Ashwigan. Actually, both his brothers do. He was sitting in the stands the night, the last night that I had the problem. And he said, it sounds fuel related because I had changed everything electronic in that car, the wiring harness, the coils, the plugs, the distributor, everything. Cause it sounded like it was an electrical problem. So uh, I finally got it figured out. It was just plastic chunks in the fuel pump that were from somebody drilling the, the pickups in the fuel tank and not cleaning the, the plastics, yeah. you know, drill, the drill filings out. Um, <clears throat> and I was so frustrated and then it finally ran. And I went out for the first practice and it ran well and I was all hyped up, you know, you, you know, bing. <laughs> so, so uh, I went out for the second practice and I wanted to push the car a little bit harder because I had, this is, you know, a brand new car to me and, you know, pavement was really kind of new to me, Yep. but I raced dirt and I was always familiar with letting the car loose. I always liked a loose car because I could control it. And, um, you know, if it ever stepped out, I could always catch it. Well, I was firing into one and I got, I went in way too hot and I just locked up the right front of hair and the car kind of slid up the track and I went to catch it and I oversteered and the, you know, the car went barreling back towards the wall and it was right at the pit exit. And I was trying to be honest with you, I was trying to go out off the track because yeah. I knew I was going to hit the wall. It didn't matter. And I missed and I got, you know, probably a car length left of where the exit is. And I hit the wall head on. And my, my, my friend was standing right there at the fence, my, my crew guy. And he said, the whole ground shook when you hit the wall. <laughs> and it just toasted the clip. Like the clip was bent like eight inches up and 12 inches over. It Three was, different ways it, from it Sunday. Was destroyed. It was destroyed. Jesus. And uh, I... It was the hardest wreck I've ever been in. And I've been in a couple of like car accidents on the road. Yeah. And this was like nothing I've ever felt before because I hit the wall so hard and the seatbelts. Oh, I couldn't breathe for, I don't know, probably 50. I, the adrenaline was still pumping in me and I somehow nursed the car off the track, even though the front clip was so bent and I get out 
and right when I took like released the tension on the seatbelts, it was like sucking all the air out of my lungs. Like I started to panic and it was, it was, it was pretty funny, but it was pretty scary. Oh, for Um, sure it would be. uh, But it was probably the, I don't know. I would say the most upset I've been getting out of a race car because I couldn't tell you how far my Hans landed. <laughs> you just let it rip, eh? Yeah, yeah. It was it was gone. Um, but you know, I look back at it now as a learning experience, and uh, I guess uh, I guess that's all I can chalk it down to be really. Absolutely. Um, inexperience on the pavement. Uh, Cause like on the dirt, the car would never react like that. Like if I oversteered it like that, it, it wouldn't whip around like that, but because of, you know, being pavement and diff- different car altogether, really. I mean, same, same style of car, Nissan 240, but still a little bit different locked rear end and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't fun, but. Oh, for I, sure. It definitely sounds like it. I got it uh, fixed up and we were back out later that year. I actually raced that was in the in the practice and I missed the first feature, but I actually raced the second feature with the front clip bent like that. Oh, I I loaded the car up and I drove it around the corner to my buddies because I just wanted to to see what he thought. And he's like, Well, let's just put a strut in it and a control arm and see what happens and put a new right front <laughs> rim on it. And I and we did it and it like the car kind of lined up. So I went. <laughs> I was like, let's go back to the track and see what happens. So we, we went back and I, I was, uh, I started tail obviously, cause I was just going to turn a few laps and see how it handled. Yeah. And uh, the next thing you know, I was like running fourth <laughs> cause everybody was wrecking in front of me. And I, you know, I was, you know, keeping my distance back. I was kind of avoiding the wrecks here and there. And, uh, it was like two laps to go and, and the tie rod nut backed off and oh, I went to no. <laughs> You're having a good, a surprisingly good run with a bent car. And the one thing that lets go is your tie rod. Yeah. Cause we took oh. the tie, I had to take the tie rod off to change yep. the control arm. And uh, I guess somebody didn't tighten the nut back up. Oh. I was, oh, I was man. pretty pissed. I'm like, man, if I would have finished top three, I was going for third. Yeah. <clears throat> and if I would have finished top three with that car, that would have been pretty funny. But I don't know how they would have teched you for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one of those uh, question questionnaire ones is like uh so how did you pass tech with this and <laughs> you're, t- you're two know. inches low on the right front <laughs> <laughs> yeah the wheelbase was definitely illegal <laughs> oh yeah um jesus chris so <laughs> i want to jump back because you did bring it up and that your first race racing was uh behind the wheel of a dirt mini stock when you finally got a chance to get on there how did that deal come about for you to run the burger barn car so um, I spent many years helping uh, Mike Thorne um, with his crate sprint. It started, he was racing his um, Thunderstock okay. and then he got a deal. He, he got a deal with Burger Barn and then he won the championship 2011, 2012. And then uh, <clears throat> they bought a, a sprint car because this is right when the crate sprints started. Okay. Uh, he bought a sprint car from Steve Poyer. Um, and then they started crate racing and, um, I was best friends with Mike's brother, Kevin, 
So we all hung out a lot. And I actually, Mike is the same age as me and Ke Kevin's actually older than me, even though I'm closer with uh, Kevin. Um, <clears throat> and me and Kevin were at the track, you know, every Friday. And then we were at the shop all week long. And then it turned into, uh, you know, kind of our thing. So we, we were at the shop, you know, two, three, four nights a week <clears throat> at the track every Friday night. Um, and then, uh, everybody was moving up a class. So Mike was going to go from the crate class to the 360. And then, uh, Derek Lemire was driving the Thunderstock. He was going to go from the Thunderstock to the crate car. Mark Bazine, who was driving the mini stock, who won <coughs> many races in a championship in that car, he was going to the Thunderstock. So they needed somebody to fill in the mini stock. And, uh, I'm not sure exactly how my name got thrown in the mix, but uh, Jason Hill approached me at the track on the last night of 2017. And he said, look, uh, do you want to race a mini stock next year? And I, you know, you're never going to turn down a ride. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it was actually kind of exciting for me. I was, I was pretty stoked. I'm like, absolutely. I'd love to. And he said, it's all yours, man. So um, like, uh, a couple weeks after that, Jay actually rented the track for us so we could all kind of get some seat time in the cars. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it, it was, it was really well. Um, Mark came out actually who, who ran that car and, and there was actually two cars. He had a backup car and, and we kind of played around in both of the cars and, and, you know, I wasn't quite as fast as Mark at the time because that was the first time I ever got in that car, not to mention that his seat was way too big for me i was i was bouncing around like a pinball oh man um in the seat but i wasn't you know too far off the pace <clears throat> so um we rebuilt the car over the winter with my buddy kevin and then uh we went racing in uh may of 2018 oh wow that was impressive for you man um and of course obviously that was short-lived and then one 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 the got the car through a raffle through got your other team Nissan through a raffle yeah from Matt Young and then Matt Young yeah bought it from the guy who won it in the raffle from Blair Wicket oh it was it was like <laughs> it was the car had changed so many hands before it got to me from Blair Wicket and had never been well Matt actually raced it a couple times but before Matt like two guys owned it and they never even raced it one guy yeah. won it in a raffle and then he sold it to another guy who sold it to Matt. <laughs> It was just crazy. And like that car was Blair Wicketts back in the day. He won uh, in 2016, I think, 2016 or 2017. He won yeah. a pile of races in that thing. Um, but when I got it, it was it was used and abused. It was ugly. It was beat up. It was every quarter panel, every fender was smashed to pieces. The bumper was being held on by duct tape. Like it was it was it was ugly. <laughs> oh, for sure. Would sound definitely sounds like it. Um so obviously, you know, let, let's now let's come back to the present day, you know, with the, with, with obviously your plans to not race this year, but you do have options. Um, how many times do you think we can see you behind a wheel of a stock car this year with flame? Uh, only having one night off from any stocks. Yeah, probably <clears throat> maybe two, two or three at, at most. Um, probably. I would say probably two or three if, if I was going to do it, but obviously my main focus is definitely on Caitlin. So like if it interfered at all with, with what I have to do with her and her car and her racing, 
um, I'd obviously turn it down, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I've had, I wouldn't say I've had an offer. I mean, I was, I was offered if I wanted to get some laps in, I could, I could run a pier stock at Flamborough for a couple nights. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, if it's something to do, it's something to do. Um, Absolutely. But again, I, like I, I want to focus on Caitlin and, and getting her race car running around at the front because uh, I mean, that's, that's what I, that's what I said I was going to do. So <laughs> I'm a man of my word. Absolutely. Well, uh, Dale, I think we're going to jump into our fan question period. As you Uh-oh. saw earlier today that we put out there on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter that we had, that you were going to be joining us tonight. And of course, uh, if anyone wanted to, uh, to uh, put out some or ask some questions for you, they could. And we got some really weird ones this week. So I really hope you're ready to answer them. Oh, Jesus. So the first one up and we're, and we're going to, I'm going to tie this in perfectly because we were just talking about how you're going to be helping out Keelan. How does it feel being the second greatest mini stock driver next to your own girlfriend? And that one comes you know from I, Megan Mitchell. Oh, I know who it came from. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know, I'm just letting everyone else know. <laughs> I'm perfect. I'm perfectly okay with that. Actually. Uh, Kaylin is a very, very talented race car driver. Um, she lacks confidence in herself, but she definitely has a lot of talent behind the wheel of a race car. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. All right. Our second question comes again from Megan Mitchell. And she goes, if you drop soap on the floor, is the floor clean or is the soap dirty? Huh. Hmm. I'm going to say the soap's dirty. You know, especially if you walk all over it all the time, you know? I'll tell you what I'm not doing. I'm not bending over to pick it up. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, next que- our last qu- or next question comes again from Megan Mitchell. She goes, dirt or asphalt, which do you prefer to race on and why? Ooh, I seen this question actually on Facebook when I was scrolling today. And I thought about my answer and I, I still haven't come up with a, with a proper conclusion because I very much enjoy the racing on both. Um, I liked racing on uh, dirt because it's, uh, it's inconsistent. So like the track changes a lot every weekend. And I mean, so does pavement, but not even remotely as much as the dirt, like the temperature changing 10 degrees um, on a pavement track uh, changes, you know, the, the grip level a little bit, <clears throat> but when it does it on the dirt track, uh, the moisture comes up and it's just, it turns the track into a, a skating rink. So um, I, I like uh, both. I kind of preferred the dirt um, for a while, but I also like the tight racing on the pavement, like the door-to-door racing. Um, whereas on the dirt, when you're door-to-door racing like that, you're just plowing each other's fenders and doors off. And I mean, it's cool, but like it was annoying to bang fenders out every week. So uh, I don't miss that aspect of it, but I would have to say dirt because it's just, it's more fun. Um, it's so I don't know what the, the proper word for it is, but it's just, it's, it's a different kind of racing for me. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Uh, our last question comes to us from Link Arison, and they go, chickpea or garbanzo bean and why? 
Uh, Link's pretty funny. I've known him for a long time. He used to race pro fours with my dad. Uh, and I told him a funny joke, the chickpea joke, and he, he has never let it down. And, uh, I'm going to have to say, uh, chickpea, but also link, put your shirt on. <laughs> All righty then. Well, that wraps up our fan question period. Of course, we want to thank all our fans for some, uh, submitting questions each and every week. Make sure you guys tune in next Sunday around noon to find out who will be our next guest next week on the show, which I already do because I didn't talk to him earlier today. But <laughs> make sure we confirmed earlier today that he's still coming on next week. But, uh, yeah, of course, get, ready, get your questions ready for next week, and I'll let you guys know at the end of the episode who is coming on next week. Um, I did. I just I was going to listen to the the Cal Steckley one today, but I had to go into the shop and and help Caitlin's dad put them Come over. Come on, man! Them. I know. Come on, man! I wanted, the- to, I wanted to listen to it. I got a lot of respect for Cal. Oh he's, yeah, uh, he's such a talented race car driver, and he's so young yet. Like I just I cannot believe what that kid did the first race in the pro late model at Flamborough. Like I just watched him dust the field, and I was just in awe. Really, like I got a lot of respect for him because. Obviously, um, the first two years of my mini stock, I, I raced with him. Obviously, he was far out of my league in terms, in terms of speed, but um, <clears throat> he was always really clean racer. You know, uh, he was a really nice kid. Like, you know, I talked to him a few times. I actually parked beside him a few times <clears throat> on a few different occasions. And, and, you know, his dad is a really smart guy, obviously, as you know, Scott. Uh, having a Pinty's team, he's really smart and, you know, gave me a few tips, you know, a little bit of advice here and there um, in terms of trying to uh, help the improvement um, in handling of my car. So, you know, I got a lot of res- respect for them and uh, I can't, uh, I can't wait to see what Kyle's going to do running, you know, APC and stuff like that, because, you know, he didn't really get a, a taste of the big leagues last year, um, you know, just wetting his feet and all, but uh I'm telling you, he's going to be somebody to watch this year. Because <laughs> honestly, I was saying the same thing to him last week. I uh, last year's APC race at Flamborough when the CVMs were there, I remember nudging Jacqueline. I was like, "Watch that 24 kid. If, if he's not up front right away, watch him near the end of the race." Sure enough, final restart, like 20 laps left or 15, whatever, however many laps left, starting third to Joe Lawrence and. Uh, I think Brandon Watson. Yeah, Brandon Watson, or, yeah. Or I, I know it was Brandon Watson up front. I think it might have been Joe Lawrence. But they get together. He sneaks on by. Boom, gone. And I'm just like, told you. I knew he yeah. was going to find a way to get up front. And when he found his way, the kid was gone. I, I, he, I knew he's he was going to he has, he has a really good race craft, and he's a really smart driver. Like, he is very patient, whereas you don't get that a lot when you have a young race car driver. Like, he's not that old. And to have that much patience behind the wheel of a race car is, is a lot like it's, you know, obviously, as you know, you know, having young kids yourself, yep. uh, there's no patience there. They don't no. have patience. They can't wait for anything. So they just want to go, go, go. But he is always, you know, waiting to pounce. He's always waiting for the right time to, you know, make a pass or, you know, make a move. So it, it's good to see that kind of stuff. And I know he gets a lot of that from his dad, his dad being a very successful race car driver in the Pinty series. So um, that's what I was just about to say, like, you know, with his dad being Scott Steckley, of course, he's, you know, his dad being a lot, uh, you know, he's going to teach him the patience because, you know, Scott's obviously been through the ringer time or two and 
for him, it's, it's, it's second nature to him. And he, he definitely passed down that knowledge down to him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, I mean, I guess you could say that it's a bit of an advantage for him to have that, but uh, it's uh, it certainly doesn't take away from the talent that he has because I mean, he, his, his dad didn't give him that talent. He's, he's earned that himself. Absolutely. You know, I, I told him last week, I can't wait to watch him because he's, he's going to end up at what three, two different tracks this summer that he's never raced on before. And you watch how fast he picks those tracks up. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm excited. He's, you know, he's never laid a track down. He's never laid a lap down at Sauvel, nor has he let laid down a lap at Peterborough. So I'm, 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 I want to watch that APC race at Peterborough and see how well he does there. Well, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see. He's definitely going to be one to watch this year. Um, He's my pick to win the championship. Not going to lie. It's a, I would say he'll be up there. I don't know if he'll win. I mean, there's a lot of talent there. I'm not sure. I I, like, I I mean, I don't know what, you know, other guys are doing. Like I haven't seen, you know, Joe Lawrence's plans or Brandon Watson's plans. I know Brandon's been racing in the States a little bit this year. Um, And he's also going full-time Pinty's racing this year. Yeah. So I I would imagine he's probably not going to run APC. Or he'll run on off weekends at, uh, or, APC's see what Trayton's not. doing. Trayton's yep. another one. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what his plans are. I don't know if he's going to be racing Pinties with Scott Steckley's team again. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know Jr. is not running, so uh, he's not running. I I keep seeing on his Facebook there that he's only focusing on uh, ABC this um, this summer. Really? Yeah. I'll I send you the post afterwards. Really? I haven't seen anything like that. I just. Uh, I've been watching his Instagram. He's building that uh, old late model that. He, oh man, uh, I cannot wait to see that how thing how yeah. that looks. I, I thought it would have been cool. He should have made that into like uh, like a pro late model, just with like a, a with vintage an older body. body, like his old his old Monte Carlo body. Yeah, yeah. And, and ran it in the pro lights because you know that would have been cool. But I know it's outdated and stuff, and uh, he's got some older parts and stuff on it that he's had laying around. But I, I, I still think the project is really cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see like the final result of that. Oh man, I can't wait to see. And you know, we're we've already seen someone copy him actually this year for in terms of uh paint scheme because we uh Mr. Cameron Thompson is running a is a running a throwback oh. to Don Thompson Jr. in the JR days of the I, I seen that actually. I, I seen his uh one of his pictures, I think his profile picture or something. Yeah. yeah, it looks pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. It'll be weird seeing on dirt though, but hey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think uh I think we got everything covered for tonight. Cool, cool, cool. So uh you know, we'll let you get going here. Enjoy the rest of your night. Uh awesome, we want to thank you for jumping on with us this week. No problem, man. Anytime. You know, we'll see uh we'll definitely be seeing you around Flamborough in a couple weeks. So absolutely. You I'll see you soon, man. Hmm. You gonna be there practice night and opening night? Uh, probably not practice. Depending on what happens here, we may switch uh, weekends with the kids so that way, um, I there's there's something I got to talk about later, but we'll see. I gotta reach out to someone about that. Um, there there might be something cool happening at Motorama. Um, oh really? So, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. Just hang on the line after we're done recording. I'll tell you. Um, couple 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 people know. Um, actually your girlfriend knows, um, but yeah, so 
Uh, I'll definitely be seeing you on the 30th. Probably maybe not the 23rd, though. Cool, cool, cool. All right, man. Awesome, buddy. All right, man. I'll catch you on the flip side. All right. Later. All right, bye. All right, guys, that was the driver of the number eight at Flambro Speedway in 2021. That was Dale Millard. We want to thank you for joining us this week, and it was a pleasure chatting with him. And uh, it's been a little bit since I chatted with Dale. Um, you know, April 30th is right around the corner. Going to see him. Uh, Kaylin will be there as well, so it's going to be awesome seeing the two of them as we prepare for a new season of the driver's seat coming up here as well. Um, but it's awesome going to see the improvements that they made on her car over the offseason. And to see her get up front. Um, next week, guys, make sure you guys are checking out Jomo Media and Promotions on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter next Sunday around noon. As we will let you guys know who will be our next guest here on the show. Um, it's it's going to be a good one next week. It should be a good one. Uh, so if you guys get your fan questions, get them ready to, for noon next Sunday to find out who our guest will be. Uh, on to promotions or not promotions, merchandise. If you guys are looking for Jomo Media apparel, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let me know what you guys are looking for, and uh, we'll get you guys a T-shirt. I'm working with someone new this year. Uh, got to sit down and get and finalize a bunch of stuff to make sure that we're ready to go forward with putting out T-shirts and selling T-shirts, tank tops, and hopefully hoodies as well. Uh, you, hopefully you guys, uh, if you guys are, are interested in one, hit me up, let me know. We're going to start getting orders out hopefully for about June. Um, other than that, guys, I got nothing else for you this week. So guys, please make sure you guys are following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Jomo Media or Jomo Media and Promotions. Make sure you guys also follow us on YouTube. We are now streaming our videos, our interviews on YouTube. So if you guys like the full thing here and just want to check out the interview and how we interact with our guests, hit us up over there on YouTube and check it out. Uh, if you guys are also listening from our YouTube channel, welcome to the show. Hopefully you guys enjoyed your time here. Make sure you guys tune in every Tuesday as we drop a new episode here on the True North Racing Podcast. Uh, that's it for me, guys. So once again, my name is John Morrison, and you guys are listening to the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Joe Media Promotions. We'll see you guys all later. <laughs> Bye now. Bye.